All right. We're taking all the best old school wisdom and blending it with the top new school methods to bring you the optimal coaching strategies. This is the 8020 Baseball Podcast with Coach Bo. Welcome, 8020 baseball coaches, to this week's get together. I am definitely excited to be here this week with all of you. We got some good stuff in this week's episode. And when I say good stuff, I mean things that we can take as coaches and implement right away or this coming season that will net quality results. So, speaking of quality results, having great drills, creating and building great drills will definitely increase the results, the quality of our results with our team come game time or when those games roll around. Head over to 8020baseball.com and get your free drill design guide. I put about two and a half weeks of work into that. It's a detailed blueprint for how to design really great drills. Ideally, perfect drills, but perfection's probably not attainable, but at least you'll know the eight ingredients, the eight parts that are needed to create a perfect drill. It's a free drill design guide. It's a PDF, takes 10 seconds to sign up for. Here's the thing, your email, it never gets shared with anybody and I'm not going to inundate your inbox. I'm not going to send you a bunch of stuff, okay? And if I do send you something periodically, which to date, I've had hundreds of coaches sign up and get that drill design guide and zero emails have been sent to any of those coaches. If you do get one, it's going to be announcing the 80-20 baseball coaching course, the 80-20 baseball game plan that I'm putting together that I am excited about. I've been out at the field for close to a dozen hours over the past two weeks filming. I'm really trying hard to put something special together here, something really good for all of you great youth baseball coaches. It'll build upon this podcast. Now there's free videos over at 8020baseball.com, articles over there, and then I have the podcast here. None of it has advertisements, and I hope to keep it that way. So go over to 8020baseball.com, get that drill design guide. You can have it immediately. So go get that. It'll give you something to read. It's about 20 pages, and its design or its purpose is to give you the mindset to be able to create great drills anytime, anywhere. All right, now, before we move into this week's episode, quick recap. Last week, we talked about how to reduce the chance of players burning out from playing baseball by not overdoing the off-season or voluntary workouts. Keep them short, keep them sweet, focused and fun, mainly stick to one key item per session, and add a treat to the end, ice cream or bonus video game time, or whatever you feel is a good reward. To add to last week's tip about avoiding training session burnout or burnout from off-season training sessions or just burnout in general, I recommend kids, players, take two to four months off, two to four full months off from baseball or from any sport. Depending on the player, two months for those diehard baseball kids, three to four months for those not so diehard baseball kids. Not only will this help keep the passion up for the game and the interest and keep some mental momentum going into next season, it also gives them a chance to do other things, a chance to rest their arm, especially if they're pitching. So two to four months completely off and those off season or those voluntary training sessions, typically in the off season, early preseason, keep them short, keep them sweet. Don't get long with those. 30 minutes is great. 
couple times a week, one topic or one key item that you're working on, you're focusing on, and then tie it in with some kind of reward. The reward could be done after the second session or done after each session. You could say, hey, if you get two 30-minute sessions of baseball done this week, you get X, Y, or Z. Also, following up on the mistake that I made of coaching my kid from the sideline, at least partially in the middle of a game a few weeks back, well, thankfully I caught myself but my mindset wasn't in the right place. And so I did my best to improve over the last two games, going out, my kids' soccer games, the game following where my mindset wasn't in the right place as a parent slash coach. I made a pact with myself to not say anything at all until after the game, which is about a 45, 50 minute game. And I made a pact with myself that I was only going to say a few things after the game was finished. On the way to the car, I asked, did you have fun? And I said, I really enjoyed watching you play and I was proud of the effort you gave. Easier said than done, but I stuck to it and I tried to make that improvement, right? It's not where we're at, but where we're headed with life, with coaching, parenting, etc. And then this past week, the only in-game tip I told my kid was, and this was off to the side during a water break, I reminded her to give a high five to all of her teammates, including the goalie, every time they score a goal. She was all in on that. And thankfully, they did score a lot. So she got a lot of practice high-fiving and celebrating with her team. Even if the goal was a one-on-one -on -one situation, the fields aren't that big, there might not have been a whole lot of team involvement, but everybody celebrated together, sending a message of teamwork. So always improving, right? I have a recommendation. This recommendation, I recommended it one time before, and I'm going to bring it up quickly again. The Daily Dad email. Daily Dad, look it up, search it, email, you sign up for it. It's a 60 to 90 second read to prime a great parental mindset for the day. I have no affiliation with it. I've been receiving it for about two years now, maybe a year and a half, and it's short. So it's something that you just see, you just go, all right, I got 90 seconds. I got 60 seconds. I'm going to read this. And you can set what time you want it sent. So I have it sent to me. I just have it sent at 4 a.m. So it's there when I wake up. Not that I'm getting up at 4 a.m. I just recommend it be there in your inbox when you wake up and take that time, that 60 to 90 seconds to really prime our, our parental mindset, our coaching mindset. The Daily Dad is a great email for moms. It's a great email for coaches. So don't be fooled by the name. And I like that it is a daily thing and it's 90 seconds and it's the message you need. No more than that. Here's an example of one that came recently, or here's a little snippet of it. Said, quote, we've talked before about how to evaluate our success as parents. Perhaps instead of judging ourselves on their grades or how well they're doing in sports or what college they're on track to get into, we evaluate ourselves based on what kind of presence we have in our own homes, what they think and feel and how they change when we walk into the room, end quote. That's pretty solid. What it's saying, of course, is how are we judging ourselves as parents? How great they are at sports, what college they're going to get into, or how their grades are, or what reading level they're at, or how do they change when we walk into the room? What kind of presence do we have in our own homes? What do they think and feel when they see us? I know it's deep, it's a good one. And again, that's just a little snippet of one of the emails that came recently. Same thing could be said for coaches. My dad was 
my youth baseball coach all but one year until I got to high school. And there were other coaches that coached alongside or against us throughout those years. And I think it's pretty evident when I talk to my grade school buddies, those guys that I played with in Little League, they always ask about my dad. You can tell they got a real soft spot in their heart for my dad. The way they think and feel about him is really positive. He made their experience awesome. Did we always win? No, we won a lot. But more importantly, every single player had a great time. And when I see all those buddies of mine, those old teammates of mine that I played with in Little League, they always ask me, how's Coach Bob? All right, now, a coaching communication formula that works very well with teams and individual athletes to get our players, our kids to buy in much faster to the rules, to our standards, to our expectations that we are setting forth. Here it is. Giving tough love sandwiches, giving a tough love sandwich. Now, this is something that you'll get better at, but if you can get good with this message, this formula, this little tough love sandwich, this way of communicating is extremely effective. So you share your rule or the expectation or the standard. So you set forth a rule and then you follow it up with a message of caring, a message of saying, hey, I'm here for you. We're all in on this together. I'm doing this because I know it's what's best for you. Now, you can say what you want to say. You really got to show all this too. You got to be consistent throughout the season, throughout practice, throughout the games with all this. But this is a great way to give a team a rule or set forth a rule, a standard, especially a firm one, and then follow it up right away with a message of caring and then restate clarify the rule or expectation once more. Here's an example of it being used, say, with an individual athlete. Individual athlete doesn't hustle. You pull them out of the game. They didn't run out of ground ball. Maybe you gave them a warning and the second infraction, you've already outlined this, set forth the consequences, the expectation, expect them to run all the way through first base or run hard on the bases. Player doesn't do that. You take them out of the game. You say, hey, Johnny, taking you out of the game, you know the consequences, the rules. You agreed to them. Sure, you know what you did. Need you to hustle out there. We need to hustle. We need to go hard. We owe it to our teammates, ourselves to go hard and then say, hey, I know you're a good kid. I know you're a hard worker or I've been really proud to be your coach this year, or you've shown me a lot of improvement, a lot of great things this year, but the rules are, if you don't hustle, I got to pull you out. Now, this has nothing to do with me not caring about you. I care about you just as much as any of the other players. Love being your coach, but I got to pull you out. You know the rules and the expectations, and I hope you respect me for that. Now, you could say, ah, you're kind of justifying the implementation of the consequence. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. If you know the kid well enough and you can drop the hammer and boom, move on. Hey, you're out of the game. But I think showing a message of caring and then sticking with the enforcement of the standard, the expectation, the rules that you have set forth, your team has agreed upon. Now, this is not a time for negotiation. This isn't really a time for the player to interject anything. You simply just give them a tough love sandwich when you're implementing or enforcing a consequence or when you're sharing some disappointment with that action. There's a lot of ways this can play out. That's just one, but it gives you an idea of, of how it can be played out. You're starting off the communication by saying, hey, you're out of the game. You know the rules or you're out of the game. I'm pulling you out of the game. You didn't hustle. We all agreed upon those rules. So you drop a little bit of a hammer. You're not easing into it. You come out with the consequence, the clear communication of what you want improved or where they didn't rise up and meet those standards. And then you add some caring to soften it, but also to reinforce that you care about them. They don't care about you as a coach until they know you care. So you can say what you want. You can drop all the hammers you want, but you have to make deposits. And I think this is a nice time to squeeze a little deposit in as you're dropping the hammer on them. So test that out, try it out. Doesn't need to be long-winded. Could be a 30 to 60 second conversation. It shouldn't be long-winded because then you're getting into that 
justifying mode, negotiating mode. And that's usually not a good place to be as a coach. Speaking of moving through that quickly and not dragging your feet when you're communicating, you know, this is a fast paced podcast on purpose. I'm striving to streamline the educational part of coaching so you can get to the implementation part much faster. Now, in real life, I would prefer a nice, slower conversational vibe, more casual. I think it's a matter of knowing when to be efficient and when to slow down. I want to streamline the educational part. I want to get this to you fast, efficiently, so you can get to the implementation part much faster. So I just want to be upfront. We try to move through this podcast fast. I really try hard to get this information to you fast. I tried to work on making sure it's not too fast, but I also understand y'all are super busy and you want the information as efficiently as possible. Why waste time getting the information in? Because you need to go out and start implementing it. That part should take longer. That part will take longer. So I don't want to waste time getting you the information. So that's why we keep this podcast moving fast or at least as efficient as possible. So I saw a movie the other night. My wife and I were watching a movie called The Champions with Woody Harrelson. Now it's hard for me to watch Woody Harrelson and not think white men can't jump. Most of you grew up with that movie. One of my all-time favorite movies. But the movie The Champions, it came out I think in March. So it's been out six months or so. There's three really good messages from this movie. If you haven't seen it, I recommend go check it out. So Woody Harrelson gets in trouble gets fired from his coaching job as a basketball coach in some semi-pro, some minor league team. And then he gets a DUI. And so he has to do this community service. And the judge says, hey, I'm going to put you in the coaching role of a team of adults with disabilities. And so it's, okay. And one thing that really stood out at the, towards the beginning of the movie was his colleague, one of the coaches he was working with said to him, it's more about coaching people, not X's and O's. Because Woody's role, Woody Harrelson's role was about the X's and O's. He was all about the X's and O's. But this other coach said, hey, you're one of the best basketball coaches I've ever been around. You know the game as well as anyone, but you need to start knowing your players. Thought that was pretty impactful. It was a great message. And then something else that stood out from this movie. It was a good movie. I recommend you go watch it. Another thing that stood out was working with athletes with disabilities and finding their unique strengths. So he worked with these athletes. It shows a, a cool look into how amazingly full their lives are. And it was really neat. And he does a good job of finding their unique strengths. And as coaches, that's something we should look at and build upon and communicate that with our players. And lastly, giving people a second chance and then taking advantage of it. So we make mistakes, players make mistakes, we make mistakes, second chance, but then take advantage of it like Woody does. So if you haven't seen it, The Champions with Woody Harrelson, highly recommend it. It's a coaching movie set in Des Moines, Iowa. It's worth the watch, in my opinion. All right, a couple things as we finish up this episode, a couple of quick hitters. The scoreboard should only affect your drills, not your ego, and not your emotions. The scoreboard should only affect your drills, not your ego, not your emotions. The score goes your way or it doesn't go your way. Use that as feedback, not on your ego and to judge yourself and definitely not emotionally, but it should just be simple, objective feedback telling us where we need to get better. Let's use the scoreboard as feedback for how we allocate time for our drills, our practice time, our training time, what we work on, what we prioritize, but don't let the scoreboard affect our ego and our emotions. Just the design of our practices and also our communication and messaging with our players and team culture. All right, let's wrap it up with coaching quotes of the week. I have two. One kind of a humorous one from Rogers Hornsby. Rogers Hornsby, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure most of you have heard that name. He's an old baseball player, played many years ago, very famous. And he said, people ask me what I do in winter when there's no baseball. I'll tell you what I do. I stare out the window and I wait for spring. 
So as we go into winter, I thought that was a fitting quote by a Hall of Famer. The second coaching quote of the week, this is by Tommy Lasorda, quote, pressure is a word that is misused in our vocabulary. When you start thinking of pressure, it's because you started to think of failure, end quote, Tommy Lasorda. Let's coach our players up on what to do, not to think about how to avoid failure, but how to focus and run at success. So when we coach them up, let's communicate and get their minds on the track of being productive, getting them to visualize success, get focused on success, see success, try to achieve success, not avoiding failure. If you go up to the plate and you're trying not to strike out, that's not a good mindset to have. When you go up to the plate, especially with less than two strikes, the approach should be, I'm looking for a pitch in this area. I want to be on time and I'm going to give it my best swing. And with two strikes, I'm looking for pitches in this area, this much bigger area, and I'm going to battle. But if I get a cookie, I'm going to try to drive it and try to hit a line drive back up the middle. So I love this quote by Tommy Lasorda, quote, pressure is a word that is misused in our vocabulary. When you start thinking of pressure, it's because you started to think of failure, end quote. So let's not let our uh, kids, players focus on failure. Let's focus on what to do and not on what not to do. All right, head over to 8020baseball.com. Get your free drill design guide. Get it in 30 seconds. Get that. Read through that. Improve that paradigm on what's needed to build, design great drills. And next week, I have a very useful tip to help coach up your first baseman, to help coach up those players that play first base on your team. So be here next week. I'll share with you a very useful tip that can get your first baseman playing a lot better or at least prioritizing and focusing on the right things over there so they can save more air and throws and save a lot more runs. All right, everybody. Awesome being here every week with you. We'll be back next Tuesday. Be sure to be here with us. Email me questions. Email me your success stories. Love hearing from all of you. Coach Bo at 8020baseball.com. Coach Bo, B-O, like the American athlete version, not the French soap opera version of Bo. Coach Bo at 8020baseball.com. Shoot me an email or you can go to the website, the contact page and send it through there. And until next week, let's take care of ourselves, take care of our health, take care of our families, our close friends, and let's take care of our team, our players, the baseball community by taking this stuff out there to the field, to the training environment, putting it into play. And until next week, adios. This has been the 8020 Baseball Masterclass. Take it to the field.